Get ready for a journey into the heart of Bridgeport politics with In Absentia, a new podcast from Connecticut Public's investigative team, The Accountability Project. Learn about the city's past and present political dysfunction and the systems that enable it. Tune in wherever you get your podcasts. Funding provided by Joe Zimmel and Valerie Friedman. If you like to eat, drink, and be merry, you're in the right place. Faith here with a welcome toast. It was Irma Bombeck who said, If life is a bowl of cherries, what am I doing in the pits? Please feel free to consume this show podcast in small bites or eat the whole thing. It's great to have you joining the party on the Faith Middleton Food Schmooze, the place to have a good time. We have a special salad from Carol Peck of Good News Cafe, her peach tomato corn salad. Those three things are unbelievable together. We're going to tell you how to do that the Carol Peck way. And we're going to be talking about all the summer stuff. We've got an amazing cocktail from Anthony DeSario. We have got a fabulous Chardonnay. This is a white burgundy from France that is available now in our region. Can't wait to get to these. It's really a delicious, delicious wine. My treasured food buddies are here. Senior contributors Chris Prosperi, Alex Province, and our bartender Anthony DeSario, who's our chief cocktail uh, contributor, plus our special guest, Carol Peck of Good News Cafe in Woodbury, Connecticut. Hey, everybody. Hey. Hi. Oh, it's the time of year we love. love we got, we've Vegetables. got so many things coming your Summer way. Sun. You know what I want to start with is I can't get over Carol Peck's combination of this has never occurred to me, and it, what a combination this is: peach tomato corn salad. Carol, well, thank you. It's nice what? to be here today. How I came up with this is, you know, tomatoes are in season, peaches are in season, corn is in season. So, as Chris told me a little while ago, he said. If it's in season, it goes together. You you both oh, wow. you put it a different yeah. way. If though. it grows together, together, it goes together. So ah. do you both feel that way as chefs. Mm-hmm. That yes. that's yeah. That yes. turns out to be true. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Especially yeah. if they so. grow in the same area together. Yeah. that's usually yeah. a, almost a hundred percent. It works true. with yeah. wine as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. And and up in Washington, I have an amazing farm that has peaches that are just mm-hmm. fabulous. Really, what Washington, is that? Washington, Connecticut. What's the what's it's the farm? Starberry fruit yeah. farm? You can go and pick two there, and it's it's amazing. They have white peaches. Just oh, and, and that with a great tomato that's coming in, Ooh. and then you take you can take your corn, you can grill your corn first, and then take it off the cob. Walk us through how to do okay. this. How do we do it? All right. So, so, you, so you're going to take your peaches, and if you have great ripe peaches, you peel the skin off without any difficulty. The skin just will come off. Okay. Okay. So you've got to have ripe peaches if you want to peel your. And you your want peaches. them skinned. You don't have to. Oh, okay. But, but I like it better that way, yeah. you know. More I, I'm a chef. <laughs> what can we do? And then wonderful tomatoes. You know, just oh. you take your tomato and wedge them. You wedge your peaches. Mm-hmm. Okay. You arrange that on a platter. You can grill your corn and then take your corn and cut it off the cob. Or if you don't like it that way, you can cut it off the cob first and blanch it. Okay. Okay. Sprinkle that all over your peach and corn platter. And then take either... Thinly, really thinly sliced red onion or shallot. Put that over the whole thing. Mm. Sprinkle a little salt, 
a little, you know, I'm not a pepper person, so I don't put pepper on things like that. <laughs> but a lot of people would. And a little lemon juice, fresh squeezed lemon juice, yeah. and then honey yeah. over the whole thing. Oh. Fresh <gasps> honey. Yeah. Oh, you mean a nice drizzle, drizzle. A drizzle of honey. And do you so, toss it then? No, then no. I leave you it just, on a platter yeah. and you just scoop it, scoop wow. it up and oh, eat it. My That's summer eating. That's summer right there. It's, it's so simple. I mean, you know, and you have some kind of grilled fish oh. or whatever God, with it. It's delicious. You are so south yeah. of France. Wow. A little sliced red <laughs> onion am, on top. I am. I'm there. Right? Sliced bread, thinly sliced bread onion on Oh, it's uh, delicious. If you had some sort of bread, I don't know if a baguette would work or brioche or something to like sort of sop up some of the juices. I would do, I would do more a baguette or a sourdough or something or sourdough. like that. Sourdough, sourdough, and, yeah. and you could grill the bread, you know, do big thick cut yeah. pieces and grill the with bread. With a little with, olive yeah. oil? Yeah. 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 yeah, and you could have that Rustic. with it. Yeah, it would be really oh. nice together. Mm. You know, but it's a nice base. You can start with this. It's like what kind of herb do you want to put on there? Do you... Yeah. What know, would you? Mint. What could so go on there? Mint, basil, basil shareable. Yeah. Even if you want to take it in another direction, cilantro will work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Chives. So, I do yeah. like. I mean, people huh. are yeah. divided on cilantro. But yeah, I totally to divided. <laughs> I'm, I'm totally into huh. it. But in, in any yeah. case, that is such wow. a wonderful idea as oh, a different it. kind of salad from the traditional green salad. It's just in a, a different way for, to use corn. To combine it with peaches and tomatoes, just fantastic. Well, they they all work together. You're going to see when you eat this. You're going to say, yay, I'm oh. really happy. I, I wonder if it, it would go with biscuits, like freshly made oh, biscuits. Oh, yeah, biscuits would work. With the honey. Playing yeah. off the honey oh, and the yeah. corn. Mm. Yeah, biscuits but would I, work I for sure. smoke mm. from the grilled yeah. corn with the peaches. Yeah, oh. it's really good. Nice. Wow, Carol! Thank you so much wow. for that Let's idea. Get oh my goodness! Summer food, clever. Yeah, it, go it, home and make it tonight. And <laughs> what, you know, what is interests me is um, when I was in Paris a, a long time ago. I, I'd led a food and wine trip there, and we went to a restaurant called Arpege, mm-hmm. which is in All Paris. Vegetarian. Yeah, it became vegetarian yeah. at the time he was serving meat, and he's the one who made the the stuffed tomato as dessert. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, that famous thing, and right. it had 40 herbs and spices or something. You know, I mean, it was just chock full of everything imaginable. And it made me really understand that tomato was a fruit yes, uh, and not a vegetable. And exactly. so I'm looking at your combination here, and I'm thinking, ah, two fruits, right? tomato and peach, and then the corn in there, which is, it, it's a corny... Uh, you know, it well. has its its own flavor, and yet it has a kind of neutrality about it that could. Well, kind that's of, it. You know, it acts almost like a little fruit. I mean, a vegetable starchy. crouton. Yeah, in yeah. There, you know, so <gasps> that's a great way yeah. to put that. So, <laughs> and her corn is so sweet here in Connecticut. Oh, when oh, in, yeah. season? When, in, in season, in season, it's fabulous. Yeah. Yeah. It's you really know, I fabulous. have to say, um, east end of Long Island, the oh, same yeah. fantastic oh, yeah. corn. Yeah. I'd say the whole Northeast, right? Has yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Good corn. Pretty you guys much. can grow so much out there in the Hamptons, right? On yeah. the East End. So, oh boy. Okay, that was really fun. Wow. <laughs> I just wanted to, you know, I'm thinking. I want to try that right now. I can't stop too. thinking about the juice yeah. from the I am too. Yeah, no, everything. It just works yeah. so well. Can I, can I make a mention of something? When Alex said biscuits, I want to later talk about this because I was just online reading at a blogger site that he claims to have invented the easiest and really fastest, simplest biscuit. What he's doing, and Chris and Carol, I want to know what you think about this. He's using a self-rising flour that already has the stuff in it that you would normally put in a biscuit. So that's all by itself. 
and he's using cream instead of butter mm-hmm. because the cream has butter fat, fat in it, right? Yeah. Okay. Especially a high fat. And yeah. so right. he's butter, making these cream. instant cream biscuits that sure. we're going to talk about later on yeah. the show that are like sound amazing to me and h- how speedy and simple they are. Very wet dough, ice mm-hmm. cream scoop, bang, you're done. In the less you work it, the better, right? That's, that's it. You want it to be crumbly and, yeah. and delicious. Does, as as... does that make sense to the two of you, well, that, it, that flour and cream, and making a cream biscuit, drop it, biscuit? It makes sense for me because I, I do like a corn cake, which is like a tamale I kind love of your batter. corn cake. Yeah. yeah, so, oh, it's a different one. In the summertime, we make like a fresh corn cake that we bake. Oh. And we make it with cream in it. That's mm-hmm. what we do. And yeah. it, it works really well. Yeah. You know, you grind the corn up. And you add a little flour, cornmeal, yep. and, and then cream, totally and you works. bake it. So, so I could see this mm-hmm. biscuit working because yeah. you've got baking powder in there and the self-rising flour. So, so huh. we yeah. were we were talking about the East End of Long Island, and in East Hampton, there is a store called Mary's Marvelous, and an Amagansett too, and it's just a terrific place. And she makes arepas. Oh, mm. oh. how do I explain what these are? They're they're corn and cheese. Kind of cake, right? Yeah, it's it's oh. a it's a Venezuelan. It comes out of Venezuela, arepa, and it is really just like their uh, corn cake, which is a sort of more dense. But it has cheese in it, and you that could makes put it a little more dense. You could yeah. put it in, anything in it. They like to even eat in plain and put you know with eggs and all kinds of stuff. I have a Venezuelan guy who works for me, and he goes makes nuts the for arepas. Yeah. <laughs> I, I really his I partner have, makes. Yeah, we don't. Them. You know what? We don't oh, see yeah. that. We don't see a lot of around here. here. No. He's yeah. an incredible waiter, that guy. So, <laughs> so we we were when I had these arepas, I was so crazy for them that I started going into Spanish markets to think how I could make them at home. <laughs> I still can't really find the right flour. I've decided, but in any case, if you see these somewhere. I would say absolutely try yeah, one. Oh, yeah, uh, just definitely. fantastic. Yeah, arepas can be addictive for sure. Yeah, yeah. and you want to be oh, yeah. careful. I wonder why it. we don't see them a lot in here. Maybe because we don't have the people from, right? I bet we can well, find we, them in Hartford. Yeah, yeah maybe. maybe. I'm trying to think if I've seen them in but Hartford. But it's, it's really very Venezuelan, yeah. South American, yeah. that kind of thing. And you yeah. don't have... It's not even in other countries. Yeah. You don't see it in Chile or yeah. anywhere so else. It's very this. specific yeah, to that exactly. Region. So yeah. you have to have people who really cook Venezuelan food. So are the Colombians eating. make them too. Right. Colombian uh, yeah. make them as well. I had some Colombia. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Colombia, yeah. Colombia yeah. they yeah. make them as well. So, so it's really like that area of South it. America. That's it. Wonderful to hear about all these things. And I'm, I'm suddenly, my mouth is watering. So um, <laughs> so while I was saying that, I asked to get the um, the paper on the biscuits. And so I just want to say, because you've heard about Carol's peach tomato corn salad. Do you do that in the restaurant, by the way? I can. It depends. If you people call yeah, up. That, yeah. No, but also specials, that kind of thing. You know? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So um, we're encouraging you to do this at home. This is going to be our next go-to thing. So I've got the paper on the biscuits. And this was originally, I want to give them full credit, in Serious Eats. And so the guy talking says, the way you want to streamline a biscuit is to replace the flour that's normally in there that is combined with baking powder and salt. And you you replace all that with the self-rising flour because that has all of that in it. And it's it's softer 
the self-rising flour and it's you know more finely milled mm. and so it's very very good for making biscuits mm. so these cream biscuits replace the butter as i mentioned and milk with heavy cream so you're not adding butter you're not adding milk you just put in heavy cream because there's butter fat in the cream the biscuits when you bake them, you brush the top with mm. the cream, and so nice. the whole biscuit oh, yeah, all yeah. the way down has oh, this very cream. buttery flavor. And so here is, these are two-ingredient biscuits, and I think that is such a riot. Okay, so self-rising flour um, and then uh, an equal amount of heavy cream. And you do it by weight. You oh, want so to weigh it. Is a wet, mm-hmm. It is yeah. a wet, wet. It's a very, very wet. And you just stir it together, and yeah. you're done. You have a biscuit dough. Wow. It's, that's that my sounds right for me. Yeah, so, see, that's my kind of yeah, cooking. Right? You too. know what seems Isn't interesting that genius? is the flour is homogenous, so you don't have to worry about getting like the salt and everything right. sort of mixed in. And then you don't have to worry about the cold butter being cut in, so it's equally dispersed because it's already in the liquid homogenized cream. So pretty genius. Yep. Well, Very what, fast, too. And, and you know, and so I was thinking to myself, when you give me a recipe like this, and I'm not a baker, I think to myself, what do you mean? How, how much flour? You yeah. know, how much cream? And he said what he thinks about is um, one ounce is one biscuit of flour. So if you're going to make Good 12 biscuits, 12, ounce, 12 ounces, and, and then do you do the weight. matching liquid, yeah. 12 yeah. ounces okay. of, of heavy cream, you're done. And it's quite wet. And then you take an ice cream scoop, scoop it out, yeah. and then brush them with cream. You know, keep them a couple inches apart on your sheet. And then into the oven they go Love at it. 425, so 425 for 10 minutes. And they'll look yeah. like a regular biscuit? They'll look they'll, totally they'll like a regular up. biscuit. I would chop wow. up some jalapenos in there, there, there right? Oh, or corn. Add, add some corn. corn. Chop, yeah, like, if you like There's your bacon. Bacon. I'm just going to leave these. What's just that Mexican they cheese that you put on the... Uh, no, no that's Spain, no, the but queso the, fresco. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's that would be delicious. fun to sort of put that in with the Folded cream as well. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, so, what fruit are we into? Are are we? We've done Carol's peaches. Is, is anybody doing anything else with any fruit right now? Are you doing Discus you know, blueberries? Yes, sangrias. Oh, sangria. I haven't had good. any of his gazpacho this year <laughs> yet, and I'm Jones. Okay, I'll bring some. We're gonna do. You make a tomato one, or do you chop it? No blender. Yeah. Oh, okay, that, that's uh, not gazpacho for me. I'm oh, sorry. I, I know, but you know what? Hey, <laughs> this listen. is the real. Oh, thing. wait. I was the <laughs> same way. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, so Alex, we're going to do a special thing on this, and we're going to post the recipe as we always do. Okay. Um, coming up, but I just want to say one thing to you, Carol. Honestly, his family's from Spain. Okay. I, I get this that. is the best gazpacho I've ever had in my life. Do you make a white one as well? We, we've, yeah. Sometimes we made a, a winter one, but we'll, <laughs> yeah. I, tell you, I can't spill the bean. We, we tried, I yeah. challenged him and I said, yeah, can you use canned tomatoes in the winter uh-huh. and make a spacho? And we did. Yeah. And it, wasn't and it bad. was really good. It was, yeah. But the summer one, I, I'm telling you, I used to be that guy. I chopped only. It was the way I did gazpacho yeah. from the beginning. And wow. then I had it and I was like. No way. So it's, I watch my grandfather and my great uncle, you know, we go to the finca and they would make it out as bowl that has been the family for, you know, hundreds of years. They do it all by hand. 
Mashing so it's it. using, yes, you know, ball. matching it yes. in a wooden bowl. Yeah, yeah. we have everything have, gets chopped. We have blenders now. So we, yeah, as Chris <laughs> points out, so it's that concept that's been turned in. So sort of what the moms, you know, or dads are, are doing, how they learn from their right. grandparents, but modernize. And I still am able to to capture that sort of the Get spirit right of flavor. oh my yeah, gosh, yeah. Yeah. you can yeah. you can drink the whole beaker. Yeah, I adore gazpacho. Yeah, you can go to our site right now. We're going to post the recipe in a special way, but you can go to our site right now and find, you know, just in the search box. Yeah, because we did a put it put in, you know, gazpacho, and you will see Alex's gazpacho recipe there. It is stunning, (laughs) stunning thing, and that's at foodschmooze.org. Okay, what are we doing? We're talking summer food. We're having a great time together. We have a cocktail and a great wine coming your way. Carol Peck with more ideas. She is an amazing, amazing restaurant chef from Good News Cafe in Woodbury, Connecticut. And we are going to take a short break and we'll be right back with more food moves. Don't go away. Just want to hang out with you. I hope that first bite of the Fuchmos felt like a hot biscuit with butter coming your way. Feel free to tell your food-loving friends worldwide they can enjoy the show and our online site at foodschmooze.org. Here's your second bite. Cornbread said, now that's all right. Meet me on the corner tomorrow night. I'll be ready. We have a free podcast for you, meaning you'll never miss a drop of pleasure. And here's how that works. You just sign up for it once at our site, foodschmooze.org, and then we automatically send you this show every week. It just pops up like a hot biscuit, and you can listen on your schedule when you want, when time permits. It's just a terrific thing. It's how so many people are listening. And when you're at our site, you will see that we have our curated food wine and events and cocktail recommendations there. So stop by and say hello and discover all kinds of things. Uh, The richness of life, foodschmooze.org. I'm with my treasured food buddies, Chris Prosperi, chef and co-owner of Metro Beast Restaurant in Simsbury, Connecticut, wine broker Alex Province, and our cocktail chief contributor, Anthony. Desario, our special guest, Carol Peck, who is chef and co-owner of Good News Cafe in Woodbury, Connecticut. I want to talk with you in just a bit, Carol, about some really fun things to do with zucchini and grilling vegetables in general. But first, let's turn to, I said to Alex Province, Alex, pick for me 
He's a wine broker, and I said, pick for me one of your absolute favorite summer white wines. And he has come up with one that is so beautiful. It's a white burgundy, and it is made by the Ovigue right. of, uh, family. So the vineyard is Ovigue, and we have this online. So you can either bring it on your phone to the wine store or call ahead and spell things for them. White burgundy means that it's uh, Chardonnay. Yeah. So tell me about this. So it comes from the south side of uh, Burgundy, so just north of Beaujolais and just south of Cote d'Or. And uh, because it's white Burgundy, it's 100% Chardonnay. So this is fermented Mm. in stainless steel, and it goes straight into bottles. So it doesn't have any barrel aging or barrel sort of contributions, no oakiness. But what's beautiful about that is all you're tasting is beautiful fruit grown on limestone and that's fermented and put into into bottles, so you're really tasting the fruit. You're not tasting fruit that's been masked by a big oaky barrel. And it grows on the specific sort of limestone uh, soil that they're famous for that has a minerality to it, but it's also citrusy and has good acidity. So it's like fruit and sort of... No. Yeah. Salty. So it's crisp yet balanced. It's, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm. It, oh, yeah. It's kind of a beautiful mouthfeel and um, a wine that yet has a, a body to it, a richness to it. And it is the kind of white that is just beautiful sipping or pairs well with foods like this. I would say fish that have a kind of buttery feel yeah. to them. Mm-hmm. Pan fried flounder mm-hmm. and brown butter sauce or lobster. Mm. Oh yeah. Scallops. You know, I yes. Yep. So whatever you're, you know, doing something on the grill, it, but also just for sitting around and drinking this wine. Absolutely delicious. A beautiful wine to bring to somebody's house. If you have to walk in the door and you want to not seem stingy and also feel proud, this is one of those wines. So this is called uh, Macon uh, Village, and it is from the Ovig family vineyard, and we have this online, and it's for, it retails for about... $18. Yeah. yeah. So That's great. It's yeah. really it's good fun. price point if you're for a wine to, like this. If you're used to drinking American Chardonnay, you know, it's a bigger style. This right. is a little more elegant and nice acidity, so for the summer, it's hot. You don't maybe necessarily want a huge Chardonnay. Mm-hmm. This is a beautiful chill, chicken. you know, with grilled chi- Oh, definitely more yeah. oh. Sit outside. Nice yeah. 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 They're, they're doing a lot of that in France and stainless steel and all the whites. Yeah. And rosés and instead yeah. of in barrels. The trend is, is going towards un oak Chardonnay. Right, because yeah. it's crisp and it's, it's really delicious. refreshing and, yeah, and not yeah. as flabby, right. but it still has good mouthfeel. And, mouth and right. let's face it, they can reuse the barrels again and again and yeah. again and ha- aren't having to hire people to retoast the barrels. and not- Well, also that... They also get rid of the barrels after so many years, too. They they don't it's keep the barrels, so it's, it's a huge cost for yeah. sure. Oh, yeah, they're about $1,000 a piece yeah. a barrel. And I yeah. like yeah. the crispness of a, of an, of a uh, stainless steel fermented better than a, especially in Chardonnay, I mean, well, better yeah. than an oak. Mm-hmm. I like them I'm, both. I like I, them so. <laughs> I don't turn away either. <laughs> okay, so um, pull any for summer, it's great. <laughs> yeah. It's nice. For yeah. But it's $18. Kind of like, you know, if it was an oak Marceau, it would be, oh, you know, yeah, $45. Exactly. or something. Exactly. So online, we, we have a shot of the label. We tell you what to say at your wine store. Um, the distributor is Winebow. Perfect host gift wine and um, just the two of you for the weekend, uh, delicious drinking. So Macon, M-A-C-O-N, Village, V-I-L-L-A-G-E-S, and um, it's the Ovig family. So there you go, a French wine for the summer and sold widely here now. 
thanks to these importers and distributors. So that's a great, great wine choice, Alex. Okay. Thank you Glad for you like for that discovery. Um, we're going to move on to cocktails in just a bit, Anthony. I want to take a quick pause to talk about grilling vegetables for a second, if I could. One of the things that we've discussed on the show is seeing that um, vegetables get coated with oil and then they burn on people's <laughs> grills. And so we're not talking about a nice old char or that beautiful dark brown caramelization. We're talking about out Such and out burn. black <laughs> vegetable. Burn. It looks like the and, scarper and you clean the grate with. No, an oily burn, right? Yeah, yeah. The yeah. oily burn exactly. that I can't and stand. I would like to be the first to raise my hand and say that I have been the person that who oily has burned the vegetables. Who's burned the vegetables <laughs> prob- more times than I would care to tell you because it just gets away from me sometimes. What's the trick to not having that happen? Turning, you Chris know, and I both agree that you got to cut your vegetables bigger. Yeah. You can't have these little pieces of vegetable on a grill and try to turn them. Yeah, I've seen yeah, people you know, try to yeah. grill vegetables so, that you would normally saute. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and they yeah. fall through the grates. Yeah. So, <laughs> tell so, us how, how – what so do you for, mean? For example, if you take a pepper, you're going to want to cut that pepper either in a, a big, wide, rectangular or in a uh, triangle. But a large piece, you know, like basically something that would be – what, four inches by four inches or something? As so, big as you can get it. Yeah. Wow. You okay. Yeah, and yeah. if you want it and smaller, cut it after you grill, like yeah. you said with the corn, right? You don't try to grill corn, corn. after you take it off the cob. <laughs> <laughs> you grill it before you take it off the cob, and then you cut it. Oh, that's <laughs> what I'm doing wrong. <laughs> but corn is another thing, too, you know? it's You could grill that right in the husk. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then you get and, rid of and, any kind of bird. You know, and then we you don't, soak the yeah, husks in salt it. water in a but bucket. But I want a little char on my corn kernel. Well, if you if you do the husk and char it, you're going to get a little yeah, bit. You in get there. A, yeah, you get In oh. fact, it's it, you yeah. get it burns on the outside, right. so you're infusing it with all the. Smoke so that and smoke. that could be good. And then onions, I really think that you should slice them across into rounds. Yes, agree. Thicker rounds, it will work better if you're yep. grilling than to try to do a slice of onion on there. You want to have something that's. Whole and Surface. complete. Do you keep the yeah. root end intact so it holds it together? Not necessarily. No, no and if you're no. worried Wait, about that, well, you can I want to make sure I understand. Can you just, oh, sorry, Chris, can, uh-huh. can you just explain that one more time? With the onions, how are you cutting them? You're cutting them across, so you're getting rounds. And so. And you do it a little thicker. Because how thick? That's what I'm. I would say probably like about half inch, maybe even three quarters, yep. something. Really? Yeah. That's, oh, yeah. I am doing because them once, too thin. once that cooks, they shrink. They shrink. Yeah, they are shrink and, but you're going to have that wonderful juiciness mm. of the onion still. You know, mm. it's not going to be this, this little black thing that you don't know what it is. So what about... Was that the fennel or was yeah. it the onion? <laughs> we don't know. So we coat our zucchini in mayonnaise. Like, does that help it not... I don't. I think the mayonnaise just sticks better than olive oil. But it's an old... No, an I mean, it's an old trick. But it, yeah. no, I mean, again, you can't use it. It's too so much. scrumptious. Like, it's, I, I could see why. Yeah. It, yeah, it's, it's almost the, like when you do an aloe. It's the aioli. I like to pour cream on my <laughs> Before you grill them. And wrap and bake and yeah. hold it together. <laughs> nice, healthy <laughs> vegetables. Just whatever you do, you know, just don't overdo it, right? Yeah. Don't overput mayonnaise. Don't overput oil, right? Put just the... You the don't other thing is... That's going to contribute with, to the burn. Yeah. Cooking with good light is important. You know, we try to cook after work sometimes when it's dark out and, you know, you're looking at a black Weber, you know, it's outside. You can't, you can't see as closely what you're doing. It's not until you take it off the grill and you carry it inside. You're like, oof, maybe that went a little too long. (laughs) Yeah, you You need a light. (laughs) Well, it's like eggplant too, you know, it's in season. 
Yeah. Same thing. You want I to love cut, grilling cut eggplant. a large yeah. round. And that's the other thing I don't yeah. like. So you have the whole piece of eggplant. Horizontally. Yeah. And yeah. When people no, do across. Across the eggplant. That's and when what people I'm not horizontally, not end to end. You want to go across the... That's what I'm yeah. saying. Yeah. And, and when so. people do it too thin and it grills, it almost turns into a piece of leather. Yeah, no, it's not. <laughs> right? You want to make it, it looks nice like and the bottom so, of a shoe. So it's soft on the inside and cooked. Yeah, you'll and have And yet a, crispy on charred on the outside. Because so you could do like a charred eggplant salad with charred red onions and mm-hmm. all that oh, stuff. You know, so and you what are you putting in that? Um, sometimes I make it like with sesame tahini in there. Ooh. You know, you so you have that nice sort of Middle Eastern kind of flavor. Do you have to do anything or to the Or you could do it with feta cheese. You grill it, okay. grill it, and chop it. But no, it. no soaking it or getting no, it no, 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 no. Grill it first, especially this time well, no, of the year. Very, no, yeah. no, a lot okay. of our eggplant is not bitter, bitter. at all. So, yeah. Carol Peck, you grill it first, and right. then you chop it, and then you chop yeah. it. There yeah. you go. Yeah. Okay. See, and I always say when you make like a, if you're doing a charcoal fire, like a charcoal grill, yes. and you get that, it always seems to me it's at that perfect temperature when you're done grilling. When I'm doing it at home, I always have stuff to put on it at that point that I'm going to use another day, like tomorrow. Oh, yeah. So That's vegetables it. are a good example i'll grill a bunch of vegetables after i've grilled dinner let my dinner rest a little bit off the grill and then i'll grill a bunch of vegetables i'll throw them on a pan let them sit and then after dinner's all done i've done the dishes then i'll go back to those grilled vegetables chop them up make like a salad with tahini or whatever you want to do just a little olive oil and balsamic and then you can eat that the next day on top of a salad even cold or or whatever yeah It's a wonderful right. kind of We've been doing vegetables. I'm starving. <laughs> right? Use that. This show makes me hungry. So, wow. so cooking aside, I like serving stuff. So we have a big wooden board. Yes. And we grill everything. We put all the ingredients. We carry beautiful. it in. And we eat like family style. Nice. Like, yeah, no, it's you wonderful. You know, off this wooden board. It's so fun to get. And if yeah. you use big pieces of zucchini, right? If you cut large pieces, that yeah, that effect yeah. on the board looks awesome, looks awesome. doesn't it? Yeah. You have long strips of zucchini, long strips of eggplant. If you have sausages yeah. or yeah. chicken you put yeah. in. Can you give me your take on what kind of, if you have a gas grill, this is not relevant, but if you have, if you're someone who use, uses charcoal, what do you prefer? What kind of charcoal? Just the traditional? Chunks. Yeah, yeah. No, I like the big, big chunk. Also, wood. they or the, the wood one, yeah, you know. The hard that, yeah. Yeah. Do you the like that? Yeah. 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 You like that the best? I, I do like that the best for sure. But um. I will say, though, sitting outside on the stoop in Hartford, I can smell <laughs> The uh, briquettes wafting yeah, down yeah, the street. Yeah, There's something very nostalgic like, about yeah. that. Oh, and the lighter <laughs> fluid right? yeah, yeah. from the oh. 70s. Yeah. Puts me in a good mood. I love it. <laughs> the lighter fluid, that smell of lighter yeah, fluid. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, summer, you know, we summer. use it the, does. the wood chunks, yeah, but there's something know, about it's, smelling it's the Kingsford that's yeah, nostalgic. I love it. Yeah, now, I have a grill that does both. That's my favorite summer grill. I bought the Weber one that is the gas assist. So you just throw your charcoal on, you turn the gas on, you burn your charcoal for a couple minutes, you turn the gas off, and you have a charcoal. And it's lit. We use the chimney. Do you like it the best of any grill you've had so far? Yeah, 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 I love it it because you don't have to do the chimney. The chimney's fun. Wow. (laughs) And you with the dirt, you got to touch everything. On the boat. On the boat. boat we use a little gas one. Who remembers the hibachi, though? Do you remember hibachi? Yeah, for sure. I want one. It yeah. still exists. Oh, yeah, I had one for a while. <laughs> so, Carol, at home, what, do you, what kind of grill? Do you, do you have a gas, charcoal, or any grill at home? Me or? at home? Yeah. No, I don't cook at home. You don't? Not too much. You go <laughs> out. <laughs> do you go out? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I work six days a week, it I seems. Know. Do so you bring food home with I you do. from the restaurant, I do. right? I do, but I don't eat breakfast in the morning. I'm not a Neither breakfast person. That's, see, these so, are things that people don't know this about. This is an industry yeah. thing. So yeah. what, what do you do? So you skip breakfast, and then you go straight is for lunch i go into the restaurant for lunch and i start picking yeah 
Okay. You know, <laughs> That's the, lunch. Yeah. I do the picking a little bit. And then at 3.30 we eat. Famous oh, style. family yeah. meal. Yeah, then we have a meal. So and that's and it. is it, do you plan ahead or you just say this is what comes um, up from today's ingredients? I have, or, I have people like from a, Ecuador working for me a lot. Ooh. So we always get, oh, they have to eat lunch. One time I gave them sandwiches and they didn't talk to me for like a month. They're like, this is not lunch. <laughs> is okay. not lunch. <laughs> wow. So we always have amazing like caldos. They're kind of soups, you know, they'll do them with eggs in them and then. It's like great food. I love our lunches. They they like to do fried rice a lot too, but yep. that that sort of thing. This is so we always we always have a good lunch around three thirty. Isn't this interesting yeah. about the d- different cultures? Uh, yeah. You know, it's yeah. insulting to give a sandwich to Ecuadorians. <laughs> yeah, you know, absolutely. how do you know? You and know? a lot of my support staff are Muslim from the Middle East, and so that's what our family meals are like. Yeah. What, what yours are? Yeah, yeah, uh, Moroccan, Middle Eastern, Yemen, or... yeah, 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 yeah. yeah because yeah. they make they, they want to make their own food. Yeah, because yeah. they want to make their own food because they a Can't lot of times they're they're not interested in our food <laughs> like yeah. sandwiches. Yeah. They're like, huh? Yeah, no, sandwiches <laughs> don't go over. At what all. is that? Yeah, no. It's an American huh. thing, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah no, totally. Yeah. but yeah. we we have to have a meal. I mean, you know, they they can't. Yeah. Just... It's interesting because really, say Middle Eastern flatbread yeah. is essentially a sandwich. You know, it has meat. Yeah, but on you it. eat it with the yeah. with the dish. You yeah. pick up things with. So the last dish. night, yeah. that's like yeah. a fork and knife. Yeah, last yeah. night we had grilled yeah. chicken. And the grilled chicken, we had toasted pita, and then we had rice with saffron. You know, they make Delicious. this beautiful rice. Any and, raisins and, in there? No, no. He just okay. did saffron and onions, mm. and mm-hmm. uh, and that oh. was. And then he made a little sauce out of tom- some leftover tomatoes yeah. that we had. And then, yeah, you rip your pita, and then you grab a little chicken, put it on there. Yeah, you're making a little That's hand it. sandwich. That's it. You're right. You know, it is a sandwich. It's, it's your eating utensil, basically. <laughs> exactly. So All right. It's your sandwich. <laughs> Here's what I want to say. We love the local. By the way, if you have something you think we should know about here on the Food Schmooze, let us know. We would love to know about it. And we ask you as you listen to support our local food growers and food makers for on-demand podcast delivery of the Food Schmooze Party every week and to find our curated food, wine, cocktail, restaurant, hot topics, short, fun, streaming video lessons, and recipes we feature. We're always online talking with you at foodschmooze.org. We'll be right back. One more mouthwatering bite of the Fuchmoos coming up. Here's something great to know about. Sign up for the app called NPR One. Just download it from the iPhone App Store or your Android device. And once you do, you can set WNPR as your local station. Couldn't be easier. Download the free app NPR One and start listening. Let's party on more Fuchmoos.
This is the Food Schmooze Party, offering you the richness of life and coming to you in Connecticut, Rhode Island, Massachusetts, and New York, including Westchester County, the east end of Long Island, and the Hamptons. The senior producer is Robin Doyen Aiken. And to hear the show on WNPR, it airs Thursdays at 3, Saturdays at noon. Podcasts, meaning the delivery of this show, anytime you want it. And our curated recommendations are always online at foodschmooze.org. Talk with us on Facebook, too. Carol Peck is with us, our special guest from Good News Cafe in Woodbury, Connecticut. Great, great discussion. I'm so hungry. I want to go out and grill, grill, grill. I want to turn, though, to Anthony DeSario, our chief cocktail contributor, who has made this amazing summer cocktail. And this is online right now at foodschmooze.org. Wait until you hear this. Go ahead, Anthony. Yeah, so uh, when I think summer, I definitely think tequila. So I do. You know, margaritas are happening. My favorite tequila cocktail is the Paloma with the grapefruit juice and some soda. So mm-hmm. I put the two together. I'm going to call this Alex's Fault. My fault. <laughs> I like. Is because that the name of the cocktail? That's the name of the cocktail. It's Al- like this Mal- is Alex's fault, fault because I'm instead of the grapefruit right juice, now. we have equal parts of 100% silver agave tequila, and then we did another part of lime juice. The recipe is online. To top it mm. off, to get that Paloma aspect, uh, Alex introduced us to the Pamplemousse. That great grapefruit liqueur that you introduced us to before the cocktail show. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just was turned on by it. I said, you know, I need to reuse this in another cocktail. So this way we combine the margarita and the Paloma together. So we have the Pomplamoose, the fresh lime juice, 100% silver agave tequila. Mm, It's fantastic. Built it on the rocks and topped it off with Fever Tree Elderflower tonic water. Yes. So Fever Tree, which makes the most beautiful tonic water, as Anthony says, is now making this elderflower wow. tonic water. Elderflower and it tonic, it's absolutely goes with everything. It goes delicious. Gins. You can get it in many, Everywhere. many yeah. liquor stores yeah. cool. and some some markets. I need a bottle. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> so very, very That's gorgeous. So, 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 yeah. so cheers to Alex. Hey. Alex's fault. Yeah, Thank I'm you. Just, I fault. like Alex's I'm fault. I'm like the innocent <laughs> one there. It's like, I didn't do it. <laughs> no, take credit for this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, so I, can all of you give me a lesson on doing beef tenderloin on the grill? When somebody else does it and serves it to me, I'm in heaven. But I myself am a little bit nervous about doing this. So what's the easiest, most delicious way to do this? Well, are you going to make steaks or are you going to do the whole piece? I'm going to do the whole okay, piece so and then cut it afterward. Yeah, you want to make sure that you got your end tips off too yeah. so you don't have, you know, so it's all one even, pretty They're much even size. Yeah. So you take off the end tips, and you also take off on the head of it. There's a little part that hangs down further. I'd cut that off. And then I, I always try to do a rub on mine. You know, you mm-hmm. can do like a coffee. Yeah. And I per- was going to say coffee rub. Yep. Yeah, that kind of thing. I love her. And- <laughs> so you, you do that rub and you, you marinate your meat in that i would do it overnight you really want that you know you, you can use cumin in there and coriander seed and fennel seed and the coffee it, it's delicious together okay so okay? your favorite rub yeah whatever sounds good the ones you're describing sound terrific right and and you rub that all over the meat with any oil too or just the rub itself? i like to do the dry rub on that Dry rub. Okay. And then do you coat it, I mean, and then wrap it in Foil. plastic Foil wrap or, or anything or just? Just in a pan, cover it with in a, plastic. Oh, cover the pan. Yeah. Right. And then right. into the fridge yeah. overnight. Yeah, yeah, then, yeah, yeah. then you want to take it out 20 minutes before you're going to grill so it comes to room temperature. Yeah, even a little more than that. Half an yeah, hour. Half an hour would be good. 
And then uh, you want to make sure that your grill isn't overly hot. Yeah, you, because you, you have to cook it all the medium, way through. Yeah. yeah. And if it's too so, hot, you'll burn so, it before So it if it's a gas inside. grill, let's mm-hmm. do it both ways. If it's a gas grill, do we want it off the flame and to the, slightly to the side? Or do we want it right? You want it on the flame, but you want a medium flame. Okay. You, you don't want to. You don't want it's a super thing. high flame. I always try to teach my even my young line cooks when yeah. they're there. Those little knobs on the front of your the, grill and your stove. They, it they adjusts have a meeting. The heat. Yeah, they don't. All, they don't have to be up <laughs> yeah, all the way like, all the time. Yeah, they always want to turn it all the way up the grill and the burners, and you can go down a little yeah, and go it. to medium, <laughs> so, or even medium low is good. So our secret is using you know one of the thermometers that you can keep in during right. cooking, yeah. and then you know you can go online and get the exact temperature of which to take it off so sure. i don't know 120 or whatever and then it continues cooking but this way you know it's scientific it's, that's the way yeah, i do it well well what you do too is you're going to sort of sear your meat off and then if you have a lid on your grill what do you mean <laughs> about searing your meat off well you're going to take and turn it once you've got a nice brown it a little brown bit. on it you're going to turn it and to do the it other all side the way around. Yeah, all the way around okay so it's and, nice and, and in grilled. doing and that how do i know how much the inside has cooked in that process do i well, assume I not have, much we have the hands you know we can yeah. tell if it's if it how soft it is mm-hmm. but a thermometer will work perfectly okay okay and you should cook a fillet for me should you should stop it like at 120 okay, okay and do you want the outside as you're browning it to be very dark brown but do you want it a little well your black? rub is going to give you some some color already you have coffee and, and so forth in there but you want it to be a nice deep blackish brown but not like really black black, black. No. and then if you have a cover on your grill after you've browned it, you want to close the cover. And you want it to stay on the flame? Yeah, that's going to cook the interior as well. Okay, and yeah, then you just peek to see if it gets to 120, and then you take yeah. it off. Yeah, and you might want to turn it. You know, you look at it and see how it's doing. And let it rest. Yeah. I was, I was just going to ask. Let it rest yeah. for a day. A good, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to ask about it. But a, a long time. Yes, not five minutes. A half hour? And, and, yes. then, and then you an use, hour, five, and you make sure you hour. let it rest yeah. on something that maybe has a little incline so yeah. the blood can. Yeah, juices collect. Can go down and and that's it, or even just the jus yeah. right yeah. on the meat. Because we save those fabulous. juices. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. I cut into it to see that's how a, it's yeah, doing. Yeah, you can't do that. Yeah, not, not while it's cooking. Well, why not? Yeah, why can't I do that? Well, why you can't get in because because you, your juices are going to start running out. You know, you don't you don't <laughs> and, want. It. And what will happen? You can dry it. You're going to dry it. Will out. it dry out? Yeah, especially fillet. There's no fat in it. It's not a piece of meat, even like a steak or. You know, a porterhouse, all that. They've got marbling and they've got fat in them normally. How about so. after it comes off the grill and you want, do you want to let it rest at right. least a half yes. an hour? Right. Yes. Okay. So it can I cut into it right away when I take it off the no. grill to make absolutely certain? Oh, or I just trust the thermometer. Trust the thermometer. What you're hearing from me is nervousness about um, carryover cooking where uh, it's off the heat. But the thing, especially this happens with fish, especially, but yeah. with meat too, it it keeps cooking yeah. itself. Yeah. And so I'm thinking to myself, I've taken it off at 120, and I'm letting it rest for half an hour. To what degree is it? And I want to cut into it because I'm about to serve this to a number of people, and if it's not the right thing, it's going to nah. come up maybe five degrees. Yeah, or so. It's going to be. It's going to be. 
beautiful. Yeah. Nice and, <laughs> well, it was, yeah. and, and there's rare. No, there's so you know? many thermometers yeah. you can yeah. buy now yeah. that are high tech. If, if so you want if, it well done, if, you go up to 135 or something. What if you want it medium because you're trying to please everybody's taste? You know, Then so, take it off about 125. 125, yeah, okay. Something okay. Like that. If you're going to overcook that, then overcook it all. Like yeah. you all, overcook all the vegetables and, you know, and then you start using an English accent. <laughs> Be purposeful. Uh-oh. Or you can, you can do a Vietnamese sandwich or you can pull the, the meat. <laughs> I always say, if, even if you have your cut into shreds, yeah. <laughs> tacos. You know. The key is to be ready to change the plan at any minute, right? So if you overcook it, exactly like Carol said, it's not the end of the world. It's still edible and it's still probably so pretty good. So the, instead of slicing it and serving it with vegetables, do like she said. Say we're yeah. going to have these bun me sandwiches and I grilled it this way because it's for the sandwich. You never have to fess up to do something wrong. It's funny. All the, all the, so you want to have backup rolls. Yeah, back yeah. Have, some, have some backup rolls or have some like maybe backup uh, like au jus to kind of like moisten it back up again or something like that. Well, this is um, – I, re- I remember, the, the Alex, that you did a, a piece online, I think, about for us about how – no, I, and you talked about it on the show, too, how sorry you were that you had spent so much time at a dinner you were hosting uh-huh. apologizing. I, I ruined the dinner. You, you realized I that you it. were ruining it. You, For you everyone, were yeah. So yeah. everyone was having such a good time. No one would have noticed, and but I noticed. And then, you know, I was upset with Matt over, for overcooking it, you know, and I, I made it uncomfortable for, you know, for all <laughs> of us. And I made sure that the meat ruined the dinner. And it, it's such a mistake. Just go with it. No one cares. No nope. one really, really honestly cares. They want to be with you. They want to be having a fun time. And, you know, the meat's they, arbitrary. They can and people, talk about you in the car afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, then, and then you're well, on their mind all the way home. But it's not like it's, your house isn't a restaurant. They weren't, they weren't paying to be there. Exactly. I mean, they're happy to be there. So they, <laughs> yeah, I think his point is don't sweat it, right? Yeah. Don't sweat it. The lamb chops we did the other night, we were concerned that we had overcooked it. Um, we followed exact temp, you know, proper cooking. Yeah. And sure enough, they were absolutely perfectly cooked. I saw cooked. the picture online. Yeah, it they were gorgeous. perfect, perfect. So, gorgeous. You know, you know, I don't care anymore. <laughs> the older the I get, the less I worry about this stuff. You, <laughs> you just want to have people over. Yeah. Well, play maybe, a little bit. No, maybe not that either. <laughs> <laughs> That's like I said, I'm I don't cook hot at dogs, home, basically. <laughs> In yeah. France, I cook, though. When I'm over there, I cook. Why, why do yeah. you think that is? Well, I have a kitchen over there that's pretty magnificent. And um, I get fish and things that you don't find here, you know, like halibut and those turbo, which is a fish you don't oh, yeah. get here. Yeah. So I see that and I can't help myself. You're inspired you know? by the ingredients. Totally. totally. You know, yeah. It's true. I, I once, when I was on that tour, leading the tour in Italy, and this was another time, and we went to uh, Chioggia, which is way out, and it, the fish market is so stunning and we we just led people through it to show them what it was like and i was thinking to myself i need to come back here and rent an apartment with a kitchen for a week I and do cook. nothing yeah. don't leave yeah. this apartment just go over here mm-hmm. and buy these yeah. things what are these you know this looks so fabulous well, they have just... all different kinds of squid too it is just like little yeah. squid you know barnacles you have, you just cornet, you have the large thick ones i mean it's amazing 
Oh, you know, must have yeah, so it's much all fun. fresh yeah. and, and it, all local. And if you right watch there, the locals, they're all gravitating towards the super fresh stuff too. So yeah. you just sort of if you follow them along, and they, you know, they have fresh sardines, oh. anchovies. I mean, you know, it's just a so, fresh sardine. So how do how do we get that sense? I mean, it's farmer, coming. It's coming. It's coming. Why is it just that we feel that you know when we go there that why, we get that sense of need to cook? Yeah, I mean, I mean, in a, in a special way. You know, I mean, you're on I, vacation, <laughs> but you, you get that here at a farmer's market. Yes, I yes, feel I that way at a farmer's market. Yeah. I yeah. see beautiful vegetables, but unfortunately, it's just you know you can't cook everything you see. And you could try. <laughs> go yeah, but you go like, to the farmer's market, and he's got these lovely turnips that yeah. are just you know new baby turnips in the summer and that kind of thing. They're yeah, they're that, so fabulous that you you want to you cook. Think. It's coming here. I mean, I I'm not discounting the United States by any means. Like butchers are coming back. Yeah, and, yeah craft yeah. butchers and, and all this this yeah. thing is happening. So it's right. it's exciting to see. I read an article in um I I forget. I think it was one of the edibles um either from Cape Cod or Rhode Island. Mm-hmm. They were talking about a man on the Cape who is famous all around the the northeast for his turnips mm-hmm. and they were describing these uh. turnips and i thought i can't believe that i want to get in my car and, get a turnip. and drive yeah. all <laughs> the way to, to cape cod to buy this guy's <laughs> turnips and cook these things that turn out to be like candy and have yeah, the most yeah. incredible flavor that ever, you know, went on and on and on. It reminds me of being like a hobbit or something, like a middle <laughs> earth, like, hi, a turnup. Well, <laughs> another vegetable that's getting popular is kohlrabi. Yeah. I love oh, yeah. It. Kohlrabi is fabulous. Yeah. A lot of farms, and it's in yeah. season now. You know, it oh, starts So up. how do you cook it? How do, what do you well, do with it? Well, I grew up with it as a kid, and it was like one of those weird things. But my mother used to make it like a gratin in a sort of... Cream sauce, and it was delicious. Mm, I always loved it. But um, we eat it raw a lot now. I do slaws. We we do it in salads and slaws, and you know, you do it on a mandolin and that, and cut it into fine julienne. Yeah, no, it's it's really good. So, but you know, then you can also stir fry it in in pieces. You know, Mm. it's delicious. And it must grow well around here because you see it. A lot of farms are picking it up and growing it. That's it. It, it might be the new and kale. Could be the new oh, kale. Oh, no, kale. yay. <laughs> <laughs> the and leaves you, are edible on it, too. Yeah. Oh, see? Yes, can, you fry them like new a, kale. can you fry them like a chip? Try our cold yeah, rabbit salad. Why not? <laughs> yeah, yeah we're ready for something good. new, too, aren't we? Because kale's got to be almost yeah, done please. now. Yeah, so let's, really. yeah, let's go to something new. <laughs> let's go to hot dogs. <laughs> you know, I'm I have a hard time getting kale sometimes from my farms. You know, the best. There was a time they would give it to you. Like, please come and take the kale. I yeah. planted it because nobody wants it. Well, now I have to be like, can I get five pounds? Oh, five pounds. Yeah, that's, that's a lot, lot of kale. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you kale. want that much? It's great for I'm a like... cheese board, though, if you want to put all the cheeses on something, you know, for the, the kale? plate. Right. Yeah, the kale. And that's a lot of that's people what that kale are... used to be. Yeah. Yeah, no one ate it. It was decorative. And a lot of people that are doing Still juicing is. are juicing kale yeah. and drinking. Yeah. 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 The best first kale salad I had had dried cherries in it and um, nuts and I think some cheese. It was really just terrific. And then um, I had it about four more times, and I realized about the fourth time that I was really in it for the dried cherries and the nuts and the kale. kale. And so I just thought, I think I'm over kale. 
I was over kale quite quite some time ago. I'm Never I'm ready started. for something else, people. <laughs> okay, a fun, fun, fun. Carol Peck of Good News Cafe in Woodbury, Connecticut, one of the the most talented chefs I know. Thank you so much well, for coming you. on the show. It's always an honor to have you here. And thank you, my food buddies, Alex Province, Chris Prosperi, and Anthony Desario, senior producer Robin Doyen Aiken. We're on WNPR Thursdays at three, Saturdays at noon, weekdays. Listen for my sixty second and food schmoozes. Join the conversation with us. We're always up for a good time online at foodschmooze.org. In New Haven, I'm Faith Middleton. This is the place to enjoy the richness of life. Sharing our local and national discoveries with you makes me want to get up in the morning. The gang and I hope you'll come back soon and often.